When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the year 2020, we got a phone call from Dylan's mom saying, can you wish Dylan a happy ninth birthday? And we said, sure. And we said, happy birthday, Dylan. I feel like that first year, we were unsure of whether or not Dylan was a boy or a girl. Dylan's a girl. Awesome name, by the way. In 2021, we got a message. Can you wish Dylan a 10th birthday? Happy birthday from Dylan's mom. And we said, we sure will. And we said, happy birthday, Dylan. It's now 2022, and today is Dylan's 11th birthday. Did we get the message from mom? We did, like two or three days ago. She is so on her game. She is on her game. So for the third year in a row, I was going to say happy annual birthday, but that makes no sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> happy birthday, Dylan. Thanks for still listening to the show and for being around for the past couple of years. At the beginning of the year, Callie, you had a calendar where you were writing stuff down Mm-hmm. Like as it came up for like later in the year and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you still have that calendar? Yes, I do. Should you write happy 12th birthday, Dylan? Doesn't on go that far. March 2023, March 31st, 2023. It's a calendar year. It only goes through December. So I am, while my word of the year is organized, I am not that organized. So I can't do that yet. But in theory, yes, that would be a lovely way for me to do that. So happy birthday, Dylan. We need to talk about the international project that Jeff has been working on for weeks, a month. I don't know. I think it's been maybe six weeks. It's been a while. Jeff has been, when we were talking about how Jeff's been scheduling international recording sessions and has like a strategy board, like in beautiful mind with all of the like, you know, string tied to the walls and stuff like that. I mean, minor exaggeration with the string, but there were boards on the wall, like in the foyer of our, our house, right. When you walk in the door, um, we have been foyer, foyer sounds so fancy. She means the entryway. Yeah, whatever. The room that divides, like the room with the stairs. Yeah. What is that, right? When you walk in the door. <laughs> it's, it's the entry. A foyer, I feel like, needs to have a bust of a famous person. I mean, I'm going to buy a tiny bust of, you know, like the museum. <laughs> Just so we can call shop. it a foyer. Yeah, and I'll put it on like a little, um, like a little Amazon box or something, and then it'll be super fancy. Um, but we've been working on a podcast with Amy Purdy and the International Olympic Committee. Like, yes, like the Olympics, like Olympic rings stamped on this project. The coolest thing ever. And how are you feeling about how it turned out? I am so happy because every... Everybody involved is happy. Amy is happy. The International Olympic Committee is happy. Panasonic is happy. And if the clients are happy, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy. So it's a four-episode series. So there's going to be one a week, right? Mm -hmm. And here's what I thought it was cool about. And if you don't follow Amy, she has the podcast Bouncing Forward. It's on our 1022 projects. It's part of our family. And um, she... The first episode is particularly cool to me because it's all women and it's talking about gender equality and specifically like in the world of sport. But in my opinion, it's good for 
every woman because it talks about things that we all deal with. And especially like I, I said on my Instagram yesterday, if you have teenage girls or if you're associated with teenage girls, they need to listen to this podcast because these women who were selected as like young leaders, that's the name of their program, were selected to effectively change the world around them and change like how do I describe this? Their, their personal experience from when they were teenagers, they had body image issues and they had a lot of insecurities and facing that a lot of like facing things that a lot of men don't face. Um, and they want to change that because they were women because they were women and they want to change that for women after them. So they've launched these programs that help teenage girls talk about body image issues and, you know, gender equality type things. And, you know, even what goes through, like what's happening to your body when you're an athlete and you go through, through puberty and stuff like that. Like nobody talks to girls like that. So it was a really cool episode, super empowering, highly recommend. It's just the first one. And kudos, Jeff Dollar. So excited for you. And I'm really proud of you. Hey, the time zone thing worked out. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. This episode is brought to you by Dinner Affair. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Thursday, March 31st. Normally here, I say something about it being the last day of the month and how can I can't believe it. But you know what? March feels like it was the exact right length it was supposed to be. That's weird when that happens, right? It, it is. Like, I feel like today is supposed to be March 31st. So uh, my name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for our garage. Our messy garage. It's not that bad. It's organized. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. That's going to be that's gonna be a project when we get to moving. Yeah. And actually, we need to talk about that. Like, write that down for tomorrow because I feel like we're already behind in packing and purging. Yeah, totally. Because we have to move in like less two, than two months. Two months. Uh, my name is Callie Dollar, and I'm grateful for the Sandy Springs Police Department. We live in this little, it's not a town, it's a suburb of Atlanta, if you can even it's call its it a suburb. It's its own city. We it's live in the city. city of Sandy Springs. City of Sandy Springs. But it's my point is, is it's not super large. And I really love our police department. Like they're very active and they're like always where they should be and always around and making themselves known. And, you know, they're just there and it makes me feel safe. And as someone who drives to work in the middle of the night, thank you, SSPD, for always being around and making me be like, oh, there's a cop in the middle of the night, which normally would be like, ah, there's a cop. But, you know, I'm driving to work, so it's a good thing. A friend of mine says that she has decidophobia. And I kind of laughed because, you know, it sounded like a made up word. And she said, uh, no, it's actually a legit thing. Like decidophobia is a is a legit um, like you can be diagnosed with it. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, I didn't believe her and I Googled it and it's 100 percent true. It's the paralyzing fear of making a wrong decision. So if you lock up when it comes, and then I started reading some of the uh, like symptoms or whatever. Yeah. And I clearly 
I am a recovering decidophobic. I've gotten better in the past couple of years. Um, but do the symptoms, okay, you say that, are you saying that as flippantly as someone that's like, I have anxiety because- Well, how about, how about I go down this checklist and you tell me if any of these sound like me? Okay, perfect. Um, you put off making a big decision because you fear making the wrong decision. Yes. Check, symptom one. Okay, I've got one. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. So I've got one of six. Two, you tend to gather a lot of information and ask for many other people's advice rather than paying attention to your needs and gut instincts. Check. Two of six, 33% decidophobic. Uh, when you're faced with a big decision, you might push people away and that leaves them trying to figure out how to please you when you don't even really know yourself. That's confusing to me. I don't know what that means. So if if we had to, if there was like a, a big decision that had to be made like about the business or something or where we're going to live or whatever, in my head, I'm like, I'm just going to figure this out on my own and uh, I'm going to resolve it. You would be able to see that I'm stressed and struggling with something. You ask how you can help. And I'm like, I don't need help. I can handle this. I can figure it out. And you're like, God, if you would just tell me, I could help him through this. I think you used to be like that, but you haven't been like that in a while. I think I we had a couple talks um, when we were dating of like, hi, you can let me in now. Uh, okay. So don't check me for that one. So I'm still, so now I, I am a two of four, right? Was that one, two? No, I'm two of three. Uh, symptom number four, you'd rather have someone else decide things for you even if they have to do with your own life. Check. Okay, so now I'm three of four. You're a little dramatic about what could go wrong when it comes oh to gosh. even small decisions. Uh, can we have two checks next to that one? Okay, and then finally, having to make a decision can induce you straight into an anxi anxiety mess. I don't know if it's that extreme. It might be that extreme in your head. Okay. So I would be four of six. That's what? 66%. I'm 66% decidophobic. And I used to be so much worse. I, I think the last year of this business has made me better because we've been juggling a lot of balls. We've had to make a lot of decisions. There's a lot of pivots. It's like we don't lot. have the luxury of time. We don't have the luxury of time. And there's a tremendous amount of comfort that comes from knowing that you are, for the most part, the only consequence of your decision. Like whenever I, when I had a job, Right. No mm -hmm. matter what the job was, but whenever you have a job, if you make a bad decision, it's going to affect all of the people around you, you know, as opposed to the decisions that you make now with our business that just impacts me and Ellie. Well, no, it impacts, <laughs> it impacts other people, but you also have, you like, if I made a bad decision when I was working at, at rate in radio, if I made a bad decision there, like it's out there and other people are impacted and, and you can't take it back. Right. Like you've already mm -hmm. impacted them. If I make a bad decision that's related to, to our business and it starts to go sideways, 
I have full power to try to- To re-steer the ship. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have that when you don't work for yourself. That's so, true. So I think that's helped a lot. But yeah, so if if those six boxes, if you checked the majority of those um, six boxes like I did, welcome to the Decidophobia Club. I have a girlfriend. She's been one of my best friends for a long, long time. And she has so many friends. She has probably been in like 20 weddings. Like she has been the best bridesmaid to everyone ever. And is there, isn't there a movie called 21 Dresses? With Catherine yeah, but Heigl. she's not like obsessed with weddings. She just has a lot of friends. Like oh, okay. that girl was like obsessed with weddings. Like this girl, not obsessed with weddings, but just a really good friend to a lot of people. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, be my bridesmaid. Now I, she has been in so many, she recently got engaged and I was wondering how she was going to handle that because she has a whole bunch of sisters, but she's also been in like 20 weddings. So like, how do you decide who's going to be in your bridal party? Do you want to deal with it? Is that added pressure? Like we're, you know, 36 now. So are we out of the bridesmaid thing? I don't know. And she hates being a bridesmaid. Like she does it because she loves her friends, but really, I mean, Honestly, I don't know anyone that likes being a bridesmaid. I, think. I didn't even, I, I never really thought of that. But as you get older, technically, the number of bridesmaids that you might have increases. Because if you get married in your early 20s. I would argue that it decreases. Uh, it should, it probably does. Because like you said, people don't want to do, people might be more practical. But if you were mandated by law to have attendance, like by the time you're in your mid thirties, not only do you have your school friends, but you have college. If you went to college, you would have your college friends or your post high school friends. Then you have, um, work life friends. The, well, you probably have multiple jobs through multiple jobs. You'd have your, mm-hmm. your first job out of college friends. Like I feel like everybody has a friend from their first job out of college that they keep forever. Then you, maybe have another job or two. Then you have like your career that you start in your thirties. You're picking up friends there. Yeah. Neighbors, you know, like in your apartment complex or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, And so by the time you're in your mid thirties, the the wings are 18 people deep. Well, yes, but here is different because people, I think people are less offended if you don't ask them to be in your wedding. Like if you're, if you get married when you're 21, your decision about who is your bridesmaid is like the biggest decision ever. And it's like a big deal. And people are upset if they don't get asked. And like you include people, I think for sympathy reasons and whatever. And when we got married, we, and I almost didn't have bridesmaids. We almost didn't have a bridal party. The reason- did, I, did I know that? Um, well, I think I tossed the idea around and you're like, no, we have to have like people like that's going to be, you have a sister and you were actually more focused on it than I was. We're going to have our people. We got to have our people up there. But we ultimately decided that we wanted people standing behind us for symbolic reasons to, and we actually had the congregation promise to support our marriage and whatever we went through. So we had a purpose for doing that. But I think if we got married tomorrow, you know. We, um, I probably would say that we don't want a wedding party. Anywho, off topic. Uh, so my friend, I was interested to see, she got engaged a couple of months ago, what she was going to do. And she texted us yesterday and was like, um, not having a wedding party. 
And we were all like, woohoo. Not because we don't love her, because if anyone deserves to have people like, you know, mm-hmm. at her beck and call, it is this girl for sure. Like, Is she and- eloping? No, she's not eloping. She's just like, I don't want to deal with it. I have a ton of family. I don't want to. It's just a hassle for me. So I just don't want to deal with it. And her thought was that she could have friends just come see her as she gets ready and like say, hey, and get a couple of like casual pictures. But no dresses, no standing up there, no rehearsals. What about like a bachelor party? Um, That we haven't talked about yet. Um. I'm sure we'll offer to throw her one because she's thrown all of us, you know, or offered to. And I'm sure we'll have like a bridal shower and stuff like that. You guys should have the greatest bachelorette party. You know, like a lot of people go to Vegas or Nashville or whatever. Y'all should go to like a resort, like a Ritz Carlton type thing on the beach. Because think of how much money she is saving each of you by not asking you to go oh. buy a dress, to participate in things, to get alterations, Absolutely. all that. You should turn, so you should reinvest that money into her as a thank you. I completely intend on doing that. And we kind of did that for mine. Do you remember that? I didn't want a bachelorette party. So you actually paid for me and like three of my girlfriends to go to the Bahamas for like a long weekend. I am a that? great guy. You are a good guy. That was that was back in the day when I was making the money, taking care of you. Right. Now, my, now things have changed. My, how things have changed. Now I have to say things like, hey, do I have enough in my account to go to Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Hey, will you transfer me some money? Can you Venmo me? I am the, I am the breadwinner now. So anyways, exciting news. I, I would do it for her. But yeah, not doing bridesmaids. The first box of Crayola crayons was sold in 1903. It had eight colors in the box, only cost a nickel. Well, that's a deal. I'm bringing that up because today is National Crayon Day. Hmm. So think back to your childhood. Remember that box of eight crayons? Yes. Can you name all eight colors? Red. Yep. Orange. Yes. Blue. Yes. Yellow. Yes. Green. Yep. I forget which ones I've said. You said green, yellow, orange, blue, and red. Purple. They call it violet, but yes. Violet, okay. Um, And I said blue. Why are you laughing at me? Am I missing something really obvious? Yeah. Brown. Yes. Black. Yes. Nice Nailed job. it. I was thinking, I was trying to go through like the Roy G. Biv and uh-huh. then I was like. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, okay. And uh, in the spirit of crayons, I'm going to give you a color. You tell me if it's a real Crayola crayon color or not. Okay. Or a word, I guess. Rasmataz. Yes. Correct. Outer space. Yes. Correct. You know your crayons. I, I, I am a crayon stan. <laughs> Chasberry jam. No. That is a crayon. Oh, it sounds like a nail polish color. Fuzzy wuzzy. No. That is a crayon. Your quizzes are dumb because there's oh they're all um every time you do a quiz it's like yeah these are all unmellow yellow. No. Yes, that is a crayon. This isn't a quiz if they're all the same answers. Bloody blood. No. That is not a crayon. Purple freakazoid. No. 
Correct. That is not a crayon. Blutiful. No. Wrong. That is a crayon. Last one. Cornflower. No. Yes, that is a crayon. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your next comedian here at Ellie's Comedy Club. You're going to love this guy. Welcome to the stage, Dad. This is a message for the person who broke into my house and stole my depression medication. I hope you're happy. Catalina Crunch is a zero-sugar, keto-friendly, low-carb cereal that is a delicious addition to snacking. I love snacks, and I have a sweet tooth, but I don't want to eat all of the sugar, so that's why snacks like Catalina Crunch are so good. My two favorite flavors so far are the dark chocolate and the cinnamon toast flavors, and the bags are resealable, which makes it super easy for an on-the-go snack. If you're trying to eat better, Catalina Crunch has the crunch you crave without the empty carbs. Plus, it has 11 grams of protein and 9 grams of fiber per serving. It's gluten-free, grain-free, and non-GMO. Taste for yourself why over 10,000 customers have given Catalina Crunch a five-star review. They've got eight awesome flavors to choose from, like honey graham, maple waffle, or mint chocolate chip, and you can order them as a single flavor or in a variety pack. See why Catalina Crunch cereal is the fastest-growing cereal brand in America. Just go to CatalinaCrunch.com slash upside for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's CatalinaCrunch.com slash upside. Not sure which flavor to start with? Try a variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and their snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's CatalinaCrunch.com slash upside for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. ButcherBox is a subscription service that delivers high-quality meat right to your door. This makes meal prepping so easy. Now, you can curated box, which they design, or you can do what Callie and I do, and that's make a custom box. Either way, you're going to get between 8 and 14 pounds of meat right to your door every single month. Packed fresh, shipped frozen for convenience, and you're going to save time on your next grocery store trip, and you're never going to wonder if what you need is in stock because it's right there on your doorstep. I love the red meat. They got grass-fed red meat. so delicious. They've also got wild-caught seafood, free-range organic chicken, even more. And all their sourcing decisions are made from holistically keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. If you want to have free ground beef for life, Listen up. You never have to shop for ground beef again with ButcherBox. They are giving new members free ground beef for life, plus a $10 off coupon. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash upside. Get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership, plus a $10 off coupon. Log on to ButcherBox.com slash upside. You can claim this deal. Done is the number one ADHD online treatment platform that is on a mission to make ADHD more affordable and accessible for everyone. I was diagnosed with ADHD as a teenager, and something I know for sure about mental health from my own journey is how helpful it is to have an expert alongside you. 
Dunn's board certified practitioners will lead the way through your treatment. And the best part is every Dunn practitioner is an ADHD specialist. So you're not rushed into a diagnosis and then sent away to handle it on your own. Their expert providers help you consistently through your journey and take extra time to get to know you and your medical history. Their goal is to find your ideal treatment plan, 100% personalized for you and only you. Membership to Dunn includes one-click refills, fast appointments, and flexible scheduling with your provider, and is now available in more than 30 states nationwide. The time is now to treat your ADHD, and it's never been easier. Make your ADHD a strength with Dunn. Initial appointments are $199 normally, but as an upside listener, you'll get your first appointment for just $99 when you go to dunn.callieandjeff.com. That's a $100 savings on your first appointment when you go to done.callieandjeff.com. ADHD done differently. Here are today's three random things. My first random thing is one in five adults admits to peeing in swimming pools, which means 20% of adults in swimming pools have peed in it. Red eyes associated with swimming are not caused by chlorine. They're caused by chloramine, which is a chemical that is created when urine combines with chlorine that's in the pool. So if it really smells like chlorine, that means there's a lot of pee in that pool. Um, No, no, no. Seriously? Fact. So if the pool smells too chlorine-y, get the heck out. And I think um, that one in five is low. (laughs) You do? Yes. Why? I would put it closer to two thirds. If not, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 100%. I used to be so terrified. This is a true story of peeing in pools. And I would always like look around me because my grandfather told me they had a pool in their backyard. And he told me when I was really young that if you pee in the pool, that a purple orb Forms, and then it follows you around. And like it, it follows you around so everyone will know that you're the one. So and I honestly still do this when I get in pools. I will look around to see if anybody has purple orbs. And then I'm like, Kelly, not real. Not real. That one totally stuck with me. My second random thing is pencils can write underwater. Okay. Here's the weird thing that made me like where my brain went after that. What do you write on underwater? You can't write on water. Question for SpongeBob. They can write upside down or in a no gravity zone. They've been used by Americans in space space missions, just an FYI. And my third random thing is you cannot snore and dream at the same time, which must explain, Jeff Dollar, why you <laughs> never don't remember my dreams. Dream. And those are my three random things. Callie and I were so proud of Ellie couple nights ago because uh she's she is at the age where she's just like curious about everything and she's also copying what we're doing which in many aspects is really good like she will wipe off if we put a napkin in front of her she'll wipe off the table like in front of where she mm-hmm. sits because she sees us cleaning the counter and stuff um but but she'll also just yell random things when the dog starts barking like if the dog's downstairs and starts barking ellie will either go shh or she'll just go, ah, because we always yell quiet, like if we hear the UPS guy coming or something. Um, so the other night, she was watching me feed the dogs. And then we have like this plastic like bin 
that's on wheels that we dump all of their kibble mm-hmm. into and then we scoop it out into their bowl every morning and every night and go, Ellie, you want to feed the dogs? So she comes over, watches me do it. Then, so I feed Lily and then she gets the scoop and uh, she starts feeding Sadie. Half of the food is going all over the floor. She's only doing like a dozen little kibbles at a time. So, I mean, it's a full 10 minutes of her slowly filling it's so cute Sadie's bowl but it's adorable and then the I mean the, the probably the cutest part about the whole thing is we close up the little kibble box and put it in away and then I turn back around and she has now she's now sitting on the floor picking up every piece of kibble that she spilled and setting it very delicately in the dog's bowl she cleaned up every bit of mess and it was so great so I go Ellie step back here's the best part and I go over to the um, stair barrier because the dogs were downstairs behind the gate. And I go, all right, Ellie, watch out. Here's the best part. You're about to get plowed over. And I open the gate and the dogs come tearing up the stairs because they heard, you know, they know the sound of the scoop and stuff. They heard us messing with, and they charge over Ellie and barrel over and get to the food. And Ellie stands up and I think she expected the dogs both to just admire what a great job she did filling the bowls. But they immediately tore into it and started eating it and getting kibble all over the place and stuff. And the look of sad, she cried. She cried. She was so upset that the end result of her hard work was immediate and violent destruction. So many things in life. That was like the first time we ever saw disappointment on our child's face of like, I worked so hard. And then this happened. We're like, yeah, kid. And to me, it was so funny because the thought of her thinking that I just worked really hard on that. And they're ruining it. Yeah. Like I was thinking the exact opposite. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to be so excited because here come the dogs. And the man. The minute she realized what they were doing, she's like, she looked at Callie, looked at me, and then just looked back at the dogs and started crying. It was so sad. I do think stuff like that is going to be a cool lesson for her because the way that we can flip that when she's old enough to understand is, and I think we said this to her um, the other day, but Ellie, look how happy the dogs are. Like you made the dogs so happy. Um, and I don't know that that helps with like a toddler tantrum, but that's something that we can like, you know, encourage her positively by saying, oh my gosh, look at how happy that made the dogs. Good job. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Today's episode was brought to you by Dinner Affair, the official meal kit for families. Visit dinneraffair.com upside for your exclusive discount. Most people learn about The Upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. Jeff has lived a lot of places because um, he worked in radio, right? So he lived, you know, where you probably lived in what, six different cities at least? Um, I can tell you. I lived in Syracuse, New York. I lived in Herkimer, New York. I lived in a couple different cities around Boston, What's Massachusetts. What's in Herkimer, New York? Radio station. But like literally nothing? Uh, no, it's a, it was, it's like a suburb of Utica. Oh, which okay. is also Utica, a, I know. Which is another tiny town. So um, Syracuse, Herkimer, then like 
three cities around Boston because I worked in Boston for a while, then Tucson, Arizona, then Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, then Atlanta, Georgia. How is Atlanta the most pollen-filled place that you've ever lived? 100%. So is it safe to say that if you have not lived in the South, you don't understand what pollen season is like or no. why Southerners talk about it? No. You you can't. I used to, when I used to have a joke when I did um, stand-up about the sun it, it from as a northerner it looks like the sun popped because the air is just yellow it's just yellow it's it, we saw it for the first time yesterday yesterday so it was really really bad yesterday and they even do probably if you live in the north or maybe out west you wouldn't know this but they on the weather reports give pollen counts for the day down here um and so many people have allergies and it's just like such a part of southern day-to-day life in the spring and it was windy yesterday the pollen was like when we all woke up i mean it's like on your car like everybody's cars are yellow and stuff like that and then it was a little windy yesterday so there was a point where jeff and i were walking outside for like two seconds to get to the car and we could see i mean the air was yellow and so if you don't the the most nuts as a northerner the most nuts thing to me was after a rain after a spring rain and water that's running down a hill for example is the water is greenish yellow like Mm -hmm. it's like on the surface of the water like you wouldn't know that it's water it looks like yellow like a yellow liquid. Why is pollen so concentrated down here? I think it's probably just the types of trees. Types of trees, okay. Because there's allergies, like in New York, people have hay fever, like allergic to grass. Um, I don't think there were a lot of allergies in Tucson when I lived in Tucson. Yeah, Tucson is like pretty. Because there's also no humidity, so. Then everything, yeah, everything is just dry. Dry. You know what, that's. Tucson, like I liked living there, but the greatest thing about living in the desert is if you take a shower at 7.30 in the morning and put your towel on the hook and come back in the bathroom at eight, it's completely dry. I it's the weirdest thing. I can't imagine that. It's so bizarre. I cannot imagine that. I do remember when I was a kid, my family, my mom's side of the family lives in New Mexico. And same thing, like we would, but with our hair, like we would, you know, wash our hair and get out of the dryer and it, or get out of the shower. And if you don't immediately blow your hair dry, it's dry before you can even get to it because it is so stinking dry out there. And it is the weirdest thing to me. Hi, Callie. Hi, Jeff. This is Kim and Flurry Branch. I just had to call because uh, the other day you were talking about taking Ellie to Waffle House. Do it, Jeff. Take her to Waffle House. When I was a little girl, my dad and I would go and we would go to the Waffle House and we'd call it our daddy-daughter date. And he has since passed and I'd give anything to have one more daddy-daughter date at Waffle House. So take that precious baby to Waffle House and and just uh, start a tradition. Um, 
Love the show, guys. Thanks. Bye. I own my own business and I know hiring is hard, especially right now. If you're having a tough time hiring the people you need, Workable helps hiring for companies of all different types and sizes. There are 46% more jobs being posted than before the pandemic, and there are 44% fewer candidates applying to each one, which makes this a super tough time. Find the right candidates and hire them fast. Workable accelerates every step of your hiring process from find to hire. They cast the widest net possible by posting your jobs to all of the top job boards with just one click. It helps you evaluate and hire quickly with modern tools like video interviews and e-signatures. Workable will even help you automate repetitive tasks like scheduling interviews so you can spend time on what's important making hires. Whether you're hiring for your coffee shop or your engineering team, Workable is exactly what you need to hire the right people fast. Start hiring today with a risk-free 15-day trial. If you hire during the trial, which many people do, it won't cost a thing. Just go to workable.com to start hiring. Workable is hiring made easy. Jeff, you definitely do question on why Callie does not agree with you and you keep on it. And I think you're under wanting to understand why. Callie, when Jeff doesn't agree with you, you simply go, hmm, in a very doubtful way. Love ya. Bye. Hey, Callie, it's Tammy. I was calling, I'm on Tuesday's episode, and you're talking about um, feeling tired and worn down, and everybody's calling in with the allergies, and you don't understand, you've lived in Georgia your whole life. Well, I hate to say this, but as I've gotten older, my allergies have gotten worse. And um, I, it's just part of the, the, the aging process. I mean, right now in Georgia, I am miserable. I am tired. I, I am crying um, just because my eyes water all the time. And I feel like I have 18,000 pollen spores on my uvula in the back of my throat. Um, so I hate to say it, but as you get older, allergies get worse. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Jeff, oh my gosh. I am sure there's like a thousand people calling right now, um, hopefully to back up Callie. Because, yeah, just in the, the one must go thing, like, that's somebody's opinion. There's no right or wrong. And every time Callie has an opinion, you're telling her she's wrong. And you do it all the time. I mean, be like completely honest. There's been segments that I've fast forwarded through because I can't stand how you get on her. It's really, it's just, it's not, it's not nice, Jeff. So. Team Cali, all the way. Bye. Jeff Scholar. Jeez Louise, you're the one asking Callie the questions, which one must go. You have to just accept her answer. Also, and also, uh, the fork, the fork, the fork, knife, spoon conversation, clearly the spoon can go. You can slurp anything. You cannot cut red meat with the side of a fork. No! 
That is impossible. So, yeah. Team Callie on this one. Hey, Callie and Jeff, this is Aaron, and I was calling about your chicken debate that y'all were having, and it is so true, uh, Callie was saying about pieces of chicken being different, because, I mean, there's four people in my family, and if we get four pieces of chicken, there's always the one, and I'm usually the one that gets it, but it's always like a chewy, or it has like a funky taste, or it's just not the same as what they have. So I think you should next time make Jeff try your piece of chicken so like you can tell him. Like it's not Parmesan cheese. It's it's actually the chicken. And then I also wanted to comment on how Callie was saying that um Jeff always tries to change her opinion, which it's kind of true, but I also think that Callie will cut Jeff off when she thinks that her opinion's right. Like, she'll say no and then keep going with what she was saying. So, but I think y'all balance each other out. Y'all are great with each other. Love y'all. Bye. I used to believe that if I was sad, it meant that I wasn't fighting hard enough or I wasn't grateful enough. And that's not true. Be sad and be grateful and look at the twinkly lights and feel your feelings. It's all real. The joy and the pain is all real. And you don't have to pick one or the other. Life is beautiful or life is garbage. It's kind of both sometimes.